Welcome to Streams and Variations Live, the alumni show, in which we invited artists who have written previously to come back and do it again, and much to my surprise, you did. In this show, you will first hear a prompt. That prompt has been then passed on to a songwriter who has written a song inspired by the prompt. The song is then passed on to a writer who writes a monologue based on the song, then on to another songwriter, and so on. Like a game of broken telephone, each writer has only seen the work that immediately precedes their own. What elements of each piece will carry through? What recurring ideas and themes will we see? What changes will arise from the mind of each new artist? Let's find out. My name is Jamie Johnson. Streams and Variations was a show that was originally conceived to be performed in front of a live audience. The inaugural show was produced in February of 2020 with the intention of doing a new one every few months. Then the behemoth of reality, the pandemic, happened. Needless to say, that thwarted the plans. Then co-producer Sean Urker had an idea to turn the show into a podcast. And over the last year, we've been able to create nine storytelling shows and nine talkback episodes exploring those shows. We've had the participation of 81 artists over that time, and the results have been amazing. But one thing I still wanted to explore was the live aspect of the show, the energy that comes from having an audience. And that's what tonight is about. We'll be performing live here in the backyard. This is a special stream, so we've brought together the talents of eight creators and placed them on very tight deadlines. Each piece you will hear was created over the course of one week, and these new creations become the basis for the pieces that follow them. Listen closely and try to find the threads that bind the stories together. Try to see what each new creator brings to the process. See how the story evolves. This episode contains monologues written by Jamie Johnson, Genevieve Adam, uh, Michael Ross Albert, and Chantel Ford. These monologues are performed by Jamie Johnson, Genevieve Adam, Winter Rowan, and Barb Scheffler. And it contains songs written and performed by Tyler Check, Caleb Bissell, Jackson Seib, and Sean Urker. So sit back, listen intently, and let these artists carry you through this stream and its variations. All right, here's my big moment. <laughs> Monologue one. Prayer. Written and performed by Jamie Johnson. The skylight can. Paul can. Reagan can. Miles can. Even the dog can, for Christ's sake. Oh, forgive me. The sarcastic remark. An ill-conceived irony. Whatever you want to call it. It's raining again. It's raining. Again. Look up. Look way up. And I'll call rest. God's tears. God's tears. <laughs> you must remember that. The way she would look out the window in the kitchen, crack a beer, light a smoke, and declaim, It's God's tears washing away the pains of the world! 
God's tears? Whoever came up with that jingoistic turn of phrase, do you know? I mean, you should know. Father, brother, or brother, father. You've set this all up to make me feel, right? To reconcile me with the realities, right? Set this up to genuflect. Look up. The skylight's crying. Look at me. Do you see any tears? <laughs> Water pissing down. God's tears. Boom! God's bowling. Crack. God's flicking his bick. Yours is not a just God. I know. I know how you're going to say that your God left us to our own devices. How he planned it that way. Gave us free will. Abdicated all responsibility. Like the self-serving centered prick he is. He saw us and ran off with his tail between his legs, terrified of the beast he made. Oops. You want or don't want to do what I want you to? Okay, okay, okie dokie, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Curled himself into a ball in the corner, pulled the blankets over his head, and pretended that we weren't there. Just God. Oh, he doesn't concern himself with the affairs of men. You see, I'm beginning to understand that one. Because if he did, tell me why in his name he would let an 85-year-old woman die from insidious wasting cancer crawling through her lymph nodes infesting all of her fucking systems, twisting her smile into a grotesque bell mouth and allow her to feel that pain for months on end. Why would he do that? It's release, peace, not clog at the bars to break free. <laughs> he didn't. We did. We, we, we did that, didn't we? I lied. I'm sorry. God doesn't hide away from us. You're right. I forgot that lesson. The one about God, our life accountant. He didn't fart us into reality. He who made, who he who smelt it, dealt it. Didn't walk away from the vaporous stench of our existence. Shit, I'm sorry. I've got to be careful. I've got to make my arguments without these baseless illusions. You have kept account of my tossing. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Wow! He's a fucking creepy stalker! Collecting tears! 
saving them in a bottle so we can sit back and take a full accounting of all the pain? Is that what it is? They who collect the most pain wins? He's probably got it all accounted. Where each tear was cast and why? Complete with liner notes. Imagine the concentration you'd have to have to be able to do that. I am right here on my knees, Tom. Father, brother. And I can't. I just can't. I saw her hands today. Like I'm looking at mine. I remember when they used to move by themselves. Effortlessly flowing through the patterns. Intricately tying the tiny knots of lace. Even when they hit, they were alive. They... They... I watched them stop. I watched them cease. And it started to rain. Rain. God's tears. Washing away the pain of the world. But only if you pray. Only if you pray. All right, let me get my script. <clears throat> Song one. Oh, actually, I'm not sure if this is the right title. You're going to have to correct me if it's wrong. The Good Book. Is that right? That's it. Okay. Song one. The Good Book. Written and performed by Tyler Check. Each time it finished 
would we all sing along to the song of pain and the and every line A gold star on the page An A plus or a failing grade Try, try to do my best on the test of pain And the So that's, that's the good book. Thanks for that tasty reverb on there. I appreciate it back there. The part that everybody's waiting for. So this is monologue two. It's called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Joan, written and performed by Genevieve Adam. So I was catering up at Pontius Pilate's place last night. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Not the Romans. How can you bear it? Oppressor, scourge of our people, et cetera, et cetera. Look, I know, but it's really good money. And look, some of the things they eat, they've got this one thing. It's called Dormouse. They spit them and they roast them in honey and fenugreek seeds. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'll bring you one next time. There's always some leftover. You would not believe the amounts of food. They stuff themselves until they're bursting. 
literally they have special rooms called vomitorium where boys tickle their throats with feathers and make them ralph yeah like all up the walls and everything the boys say they get really good tips but i don't know i feel like there's more of a future in catering anyway so there i am right passing between couches offering up the mouthfuls of awful trying to keep my braids out of the fish sauce the wines flowing the tambourines are really starting to kick into high gear i'm just about to go tell that lazy ass ruth of antioch to do another round with the snail tray and suddenly i hear it i hear his voice you would think it'd be hard to hear him, what with the Romans heaving and the flutes and the lyres, but that's the thing about Matthew. He has always had this very distinctive voice, like a bone saw, you know, gets you right between the eyes. I don't want to follow it, but I'm compelled. It's been, what, like five years now? So I am a little curious, right? And sure enough, there he is, right next to Pilate, practically humping his leg, all decked out like the rest of the Roman trash. He's wearing eyeliner. Eyeliner. Remember when we first met him when he was just this shitty little tax collector from Galilee and all the Pharisees were like, ooh, eating with tax collectors, shame, shame. Well, good thing they weren't there to see the unsteady cat eye homeboy was rocking that night. I doubt he'll recognize me in my catering toga. Caterers aren't really people, right? But I decide I'm going to mooch up discreetly behind a nearby pillar. But of course, it's already occupied with a couple of coupling Romans. These people, I swear, they're perverted any time, any place. How the hell did they even conquer Carthage? I give them like sharp elbow pokes and even sharper judgmental glances, which only seems to excite them more fucking perverts and notwithstanding the general orgy vibe why is it an unwritten law that thou mayst slay thy drunken hands on the catering staff once thou is more than three sheets to the wind <laughs> so there i am fending off literal pricks behind the pillar and i managed to overhear what matthew's saying to Pilate. he's all like <sighs> So I told them, I said, hi, Greeks, not really being read right now by anyone who counts. What you want to do is write the gospel in Hebrew, the message for the people in their own language. You wouldn't trust it in Greek, but in Hebrew, oh, it'll resonate. And then Pilate's like, the only thing I want to resonate, Jew, is that it wasn't my fault. I washed my hands of it in front of everybody. And Matthew, he's all like falling over himself. He can't fawn fast enough. He's like, oh, yes, that part of the narrative is very, very strong. We make the crowd super savage, very bloodthirsty, just baying for Jesus's blood. The people will understand that you had no choice. And Pilate's like, well, good. And then he might have smiled. I don't know. It's really hard to say with him. And then I think they're all done. But Pilate goes, and as for that Mary Magdalene woman... As for her, it would be going too far to flat out deny what she saw. Too many others have already borne witness. And Matthew goes, oh, great one. She may have called herself a disciple, but my narrative will make her a whore. And what are the words of one whore against the testimony of men like us? Now you can say many things about my sister, and God knows I have. 
I said that she was a fool to leave us and follow you. I said that you would demean her and diminish her. And I told her you would not love her as she should be loved. But she just said, I want to understand. And so she went and she saw all that terrible glory and she never came back. I just want to burn down that building. I want to kill them all. I want, I want to decapitate Matthew with one swing of my tray and serve up his head to Pilate with a side of that fish sauce. But I need this job, so. <laughs> so they'll write a story. So what? It's just words. Anyone can write words. What do they know? They weren't there. What do they have? Rumors, half-truths, glimpses. Mary told me more than they could ever know. They aren't special. Anyone can write their version of what happened to you. Anyone. Anyone. <laughs> Song two. Future historians written and performed by Caleb Stahl. I've been distraction and I've been a guiding hand I've dug, dug the roots of love And I've lost them in the sand I've made little difference In this circle that I'm traveling Harden at some things while others soften as you try. History doesn't vibe with yours and mine.
fear propels me Would we want immortality With the mortgage due on this body Like sand back into sea Yes, we was something once, but now the bitch of entropy. And I, I, I am fine with anonymity. We have little choice between what's left and what we're leaving. And I just a moment as you were a flashing spark born from the cause of nothing as we flow back into the dark Monologue two, three. Monologue three. <laughs> Sheila Starts a Fire. Written by Michael Ross Albert. Performed by Winter Rowan. Thought I'd find you up here. It's still so hot out, eh? You'd think by the time the sun goes down. Uh, supposed to be over 40 with a humidex tomorrow. Again. You're really doing this, huh? How many hours into it are you? Hold up your fingers. Show me your... 22. Is that... So, like, midnight yesterday? Okay, that's actually really impressive. <laughs> Especially for you. I'll never forget that one time we stayed at Rachel's cousin's downtown. Everyone had, like, passed out. But you were so excited about something. I don't even know. And it was, like, sunrise. People at the window had started jogging or leaving their apartments to go to work. And I was texting Rachel, like, how has this boy not lost his voice yet? <laughs> and she was pretending to sleep, except really she wasn't because you could not stop talking and she was texting me back like seriously how do those vocal cords not need a fucking rest but I guess that was then and this is now did you see the sunset tonight 
blood red. <laughs> Same as every day this summer. Terrifying and like a cosmic guilt trip. <laughs> the sun is like, look upon my fiery countenance. Despair for you have made me thus. <laughs> okay, seriously, this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> You may be able to carry one-way conversations to all hours of the night, but I need a little assistance. A little give and take. You're going to break eventually, so you might as well start now. You went 22 hours without talking. Congratulations. The world thanks you for your sacrifice or humility or whatever this is supposed to symbolize. But enough's enough. Time for you to acknowledge the person sitting next to you. With words! Are these fucking charades? Is that. No, it's SUVs in the driveway. Gas guzzling climate change denying asshole. What? You've called your dad so many worse names. Okay, I get they're having a whatever crisis, but I came here because I wanted to talk to you. With you, not at you. Could you not wait until tomorrow to start this whole... Like, why don't we just... It's been less than a day. I'm probably the only person you've told. No one would know if you had just had a conversation with me. And then in the morning, if you still wanted to go through with this, you could... What? I don't understand what... What, I'm not the only person you told? Well, who else did you... Oh. Here I was thinking you weren't completely full of shit. Well, aren't you... Aren't I just the biggest idiot of all time? I'm, I'm sorry. I thought I, like, meant something to you. Don't even, okay? Don't wave your hands in my face like you're a tourist who can't find the subway. If you're not going to use your words like an adult grown-up, like a mature member of, you know, society, of the human race. If I scream, your dad will know we're up here and then you'd really be in trouble. I want though, I'll keep my voice down. So, like, where are you planning to go? I can't just stay up here forever. Rachel's in a long-distance relationship with this guy who's also a counselor at her sleepaway camp. They're going to be in the same residence at Western, so... Also, she says she's, she's an activist, but really she just shares the same story as everyone else posts, and she uses single-use plastics, like, all the time. Then a w switched to paper straws. She complained about it for literally weeks. You want to see what I've got in my backpack? <laughs> Still a few hours left to celebrate, right? Happy birthday, loser. Don't look so scandalized. This is what we always talked about. Where are you going? Sit down. Hey, please, would you just... <sighs> you really freaked me out with that message. I, I get it. I saw the news, too. We're past the tipping point. Climate change is irreversible. There will be more widespread disease outbreaks, more hundred-year weather events, more unlivable heat, more fires sweeping across the continent. Species will be wiped out. Entire ecosystems will collapse. 
cities will be destroyed by rising sea levels, famines, droughts, poverty, plagues. But giving up isn't going to solve anything. Taking a vow of silence on your 18th birthday is going to make any positive impact on this planet. And I know you're depressed. I get it. You're bruised. But you don't get to decide to just stop participating. None of us have that luxury. You're the one who made me realize that. One of your long, rambling, how has he not lost his voice yet rants. You're the one who told me that everyone has a role to play. That if politicians and corporations in the fossil fuel industry and the sons of bitches cutting down old growth trees that have stood in place for more than 800 years of this earth. Sorry. Except it's your fault. You're the only person who, like, inspired me to be different. To not be complacent. To take control of the future because it's our future. You're the one who told me about the elephant monkey wrenching and using any means necessary to stop the destruction of the environment. You're the one who taught me how to make a Molotov cocktail. All of a sudden, just like that, you decide it's not worth it? So, like, what are we supposed to do between now and the day we lose everything in, in a fire or a flood? You won't even talk to me. Am I supposed to take a vow of silence the minute I turn 18, too? My birthday is in, like, six weeks. I don't want to stop talking. I don't want to stop trying to make shit better. After I saw your message, I lay awake all night. Not really knowing what I could say or do to convince you to snap out of this. To keep fighting. Keep living. Keep talking, for fuck's sake. I felt like you decided to do this. I have to also, because I thought you were... My soulmate, or whatever. Oh my god, this is so stupid. What am I even talking about? But no, really, while I was lying awake, I sort of felt like you and I are, like, cosmically intertwined on this path. Not because you're mysterious and sensitive and surprisingly hot for a teenager who listens to Morrissey. <laughs> I feel like we've... Like, you and I... If, committed to living a certain way for the rest of our lives however long that may me let me be that we're committed to shared values but I guess what I realized last night or maybe what I'm just realizing right now is that you never did feel the same way I did not about me not about the world you're staring at me you're not saying anything, but not because you're making a statement. You're staring at me because you don't know what the fuck you're supposed to say. And you know what? Nobody does. Maybe there's a limit to what words can accomplish. Maybe it's time to let actions speak for themselves. Did you know that all the SUVs in this country will produce the same amount of carbon emissions in 10 years as the entire nation of Norway? You're 18 now. I'm a few weeks away. It's our world. If you want it to be, so... Do you want you to... Do what... Do you want to keep your vow? Do you want to make some noise? 
for old time's sake. For the future. For us. All right, moving on down. Song three, Sheila, Let's Start a Fire. Written and performed by the Jackson Side. Birthday, 63, saw red hair, rocking bed head and bell-bottom jeans. The worst case of motor mouth that I'd ever seen. But boy, I was hooked from the start. Bohemian, Shakespearean, and fighting for every lost cause. He was flying high. So was I, the moment I heard him say, Hey, Sheila, let's set the world on fire. I know you've been beaten down, but I'm not counting you out. No, sir, we're fighting the faceless, the mighty and tall, but the bigger they are, girl, the harder they fall. Sheila, let's start a fire, we'll start it for us. Tiny bedroom, single chair, thinking we were hot shit, quoting Brecht and Voltaire. God, we didn't know a thing, but we didn't care. It's two kids, young and in love. Unshakable, debatable, but we had it all worked out. We were flying high, cut and dry, living for more than today. Hey, Sheila, let's set the world on fire. I know you've been beaten down, but I'm not counting you out. No, sir, we're fighting the faceless, the mighty and tall, but the bigger they are, well, the harder they fall. Sheila, let's start a fire, we'll start it for us. Since 63, since redheads and wannabes, we fought the good fight, and now it's your turn. The torch may be heavy now, but you're never alone. Stand up, shout out, listen to me when I say, Hey, Sheila. Go set the world on fire I know you've been beaten down But I'm not 
Jesus, the mighty and tall, but the bigger they are, well, the harder they fall. Sheila, go start a fire, start it for, start it for you, start it for the trees and the mountains, the birds and the sky, the fish and the sea, darling, go start a fire. All right, I wasn't recording, so you got to do that again. <laughs> All right, uh, monologue four, King of Kings, written by Chantal Ford, performed by Barb Scheffler. You're still on the couch? Jay, hello? Staring at the TV doesn't actually make me disappear. We don't have time for this. Man, Jay, we need to be across town in 23 minutes. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry I wasn't being super empathetic last night. I want to talk about this, but maybe we can talk in the car, okay? Jay, Jay, all right, fuck you. I'm leaving. No, actually, I'm not leaving. I'm not walking out of this house without you. We're a team. We're supposed to be a team. And you sitting on the fucking couch staring at the TV and pretending that I don't exist is not being part of the fucking team. I'm sorry. I'm not. This isn't, you know, you know this isn't me. You know, this whole thing has just got me really fucking riled, you know? I mean, how can I not be in, in fuck, 22 minutes we're going to be part of history. You and me, together. This is what we're living for, right? Let's set the world on fire, remember? You said that, remember? God, shit. Jay, you, you were like this messiah, king of kings. I, I didn't even know I needed you until you were standing in front of me. This beautiful fucking mess. I'd never seen eyes like yours. They were so intense. I could almost see flames, but also the, the strength, the steadiness that made me feel safe. Ripped jeans, maybe style, maybe mess, and this little stain on your, your t-shirt right by the collar. <laughs> like you drip chocolate ice cream. You were every kind of contradiction rolled into one human. I didn't know a man like you could exist. Soft and strong, messy, deliberate, fucking inferno of passion and unfaltering ease. You were my king. I never told you why I was there that night. When we met, I... I never wanted to. And I didn't have to. You knew. You could see it on my skin. In my smile. You just knew. But... You didn't ask, and you didn't mind much, and that was more of a pass than anyone had given me. Shit. Shit. 21 minutes. Uh, Jay, 
You gave me life, okay? You gave me a new way to look at things. You gave me power. Fuck, I never had an ounce of power in my life. If I thought for a second I did, it was ripped away by, the, by my dad, or the fucking school, or the asshole neighbor who, who looked at me like a piece of property instead of a person. You gave me power. You told me that I could show the world, that I could write the world. I was nothing, and you made me something. So you can't just fucking sit there, Jay. This is not who you are. This is not who we are. We do things. We write things. We go out there. We make shit happen. Fuck! Get the fuck up! You did this. You made me this person. So you better get the fuck off that couch and put on your goddamn shoes. You don't like this? You think this is too much? You worried people are gonna die? Well, fucking newsflash, people are already dying. So you can't just fucking sit there, Jay. This is not who you are. This is not who we are. We do things. We write things. We go out there and make shit happen. Fuck! Get the fuck up! You did this. You made me this person. So you better get the fuck up off that couch and put on your goddamn shoes. You don't like this? You think this is too much? You worried people are gonna die? Well, news fucking flash. People are already dying. It's just that the people dying are the, aren't the ones that are newsworthy. The people dying are poor. They don't get to go to good schools or get good jobs or wear fucking suits. The people dying are forgotten. Like last night's fucking dinner. Only they probably didn't get to eat dinner. Man, Jay, let's show them. This is what you've been fighting for, right? Equality. Taking down the 1%. So let's make a fucking statement. I know you, Jay. I know you. I see you. And you are gentle and you care. You care so freaking much. What we're doing, it might, it will hurt some people. I know that. But we can help so many more. We can help the people that need it, right? If they, the elite, know the pain of losing someone, maybe they'll stop and think for one fucking goddamn second. We'll make them think. They're waiting for us. 20 minutes. If we're not there, there's no bomb. If we're not there, there's nothing. So Jay, who are you standing with? Are you gonna be part of history? Or are you gonna sit on that couch staring at the TV? And by the way, you know about the pain, you know about the pains from the beginning. In fact, I'm pretty sure you chose the building. So you can fucking stay there if you want. But if we go down, you're coming with us. You hear me? You made this. You made me into this. You fucking did this. I go down. You go down. I love you. Now get the fuck up! Song number four, written and performed by Sean Urker. This is the last song of the evening, last piece of the evening. And so what I did was 
I tried to put together a song that was sort of inspired by everything. And so all the pieces come in and then I looked at everything and I was like, what do all of these have in common? And I couldn't figure it out. And then I sat on it for a while. And then it was this morning. So this was written just a little while ago and it's probably going to go very badly. And we'll see, there's a 75% chance that I'm not gonna remember any of the lyrics. But just to make it slightly easier than me, there's gonna be a little bit of audience participation. There's gonna be a part where I want you all to sing. And I'll walk you through it when we get there, but just in advance, I need you to decide who's going to be the baritones and who's going to be the altos. Who's going to be the low voices and who's going to be the higher voices? It can be. I don't want to start specifying genders. You can identify however you want. So here we go. Uh, this is called, uh, I got to name it. So this is called either the status quo or Judith lit by Kiriskiro. <laughs> Yellow through the trees, green across the ground. My foot falls through the forest, seem to vanish in the moss without a sound. I promise I will not be found. I told you not to fall, I tried to push away. But you want to be a hunter like your sister and you want to chase your prey. All these silly games you play. You're accustomed to getting what you want and all that that implies. It's not like Apollo to apologize Don't blame it on the gold Don't blame it on the lid You call yourself an archer And you stick me with this arrow, arrow head And you leave me here for dead I'm not gonna be just some story full of metaphor and morals I'm done running from these quarrels I'm not gonna stand here resting on my laurels Hey, I know you like that status quo you can stand a little higher when you stand on those below. Hey, <laughs> and hey, you may see me as some floozy in a gown. Oh, but you will come around when I burn this whole place down. Cause I bring you every drink 
I know what you've been thinking Cause you're yelling every vulgar thought you think As you're giving me a wink You're having trouble standing And it's getting hard to see You got one hand on my shoulder And the other hand is where it shouldn't be You smile and stare at me Somebody ought to do something About these Caligulas and Neros I could be that kind of hero Judith with her knife Lit by Kiriskiro Hey! I know you like that status quo It's the comfort of your couch And it's your favorite TV show And I know you may see me As some floozy in a gown Oh, but you will come around When I burn this whole place down Okay, this is the audience participation part. Okay, so here's the, uh, the lower voices, baritone. Let's see if I can get this. You will come around when I burn this whole place down.
So that's the end of our live show. I'd like to thank everyone in the audience. How'd you like it? I'd like to thank all of our participating artists. Jamie Johnson, Tyler Check, Genevieve Adam, Caleb Stull, Michael Wass-Albert, Winter Rowan, Jackson Seib, Chantel Ford, Barb Scheffler, and Sean Erker for contributing to the storytelling experience. Oh, my God, people. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs>